0: Crack a lackin' podcast fam, you are listening to my turf, episode forty nine of season one. Title track: Analyze that. Last week's title was Analyze this. If you've never seen the movies Analyze it, Analyze this, and Analyze that with Billy Crystal and Robert De Niro, check them out. It's hilarious. The Mafia and his shrink. So it's really kind of like The Sopranos, but a little bit more comedic, I would say. But yeah, check it out. Uh, yeah, Analyze that though. Season 1, episode 49, that's the title track. Remember, this podcast about pro and college football. You can hit me up, myturfshow at gmail.com. We're available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And uh, yeah, tell your friends. So, live from Lower Alabama, I am your host, Ryan Marshall. Uh, I'm not going to be doing a curtsy or anything like that, but yeah, that's the introduction. So, let's get into it. College football news. How about it? Carmonte McLean, the number one defensive back in the nation. He has committed to Colorado. Finally, he was committed to Miami. He is now making it official after a visit in Boulder, Colorado. He is heading to play with Dion. So Dion making some big time waves this morning. Alabama offense coordinator Bill O'Brien he is headed back to New England. It is official. Right now, the two top names for the Alabama offensive coordinator position are Jeff Lebby. The current off he's the current OC at Oklahoma. Before that. He was with Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. Before that, he was at Central Florida with Josh Heupel. Before that, he was a part of those really pie-powered Baylor offenses led by Art Browles when he had quarterback Robert Griffin III. The other offense coordinator, we talked about him, Joe Brady. He was the co-OC and wide receivers coach for the 2019 LSU Tigers. He is now the current quarterback coach for the Buffalo Bills. Before that, he was the offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers. Didn't do so hot there, but uh, he's a hot name out there right now. So that's what we're hearing as far as the Alabama offensive coordinator coaching position. So we'll hear, if we hear anything else, we'll let you know. Let's go ahead and get into our NFL matchups. How about it? Chiefs versus the Jags. The story of the game, of course, the Chiefs started off on fire. Trevor Lawrence battles back. And then in midway through the second quarter, Patrick Mahomes gets his left ankle rolled up on. It looks pretty bad. He looks like he's trying to gut it out. They pull him off. Chad Henney goes in for a drive. Yeah, Chad Henney is still playing in the NFL, by the way. He looked good, by the way. Let a touchdown drive for the, the Chiefs. They go in at halftime, 20 to 10. Mahomes gets some treatment. Here comes the Chiefs back out again. He makes some good plays, but then Trevor Lawrence caught fire. And he started throwing it all over the place. Did a great job. Got his team back in it. Really made made it close. The Chiefs come out on top 27-20. to What are we hearing right now about Patrick Mahomes? It ain't looking good. High ankle sprain. He's probably going to have to get that ankle shot up. Be heavily bandaged. And he's going to try to make it a go. Most people cannot play on a high ankle sprain. It takes three to four weeks to heal. But guys, he's going to try to gut it out. A lot of props to him. Maybe Isaiah Pacheco, Jarrett McKinnon, he can lean on them, get that running game going. Of course, you know, Travis Kelsey's a, a monster. Juju Smith-Schuster, Kadarius Toney, mix them in. They can still do some things. Uh, it hurts losing Mahomes, but he's got enough star power and talent and to keep the next opponent at bay, because we'll get to that in a second, right? Keep them at bay with the running game and some uh, and some jet suites with Kadarius Tony. But really great season for the Jags. Great first year for Doug Peterson. I think he exceeded expectations, did an outstanding job. Trevor Lawrence coming back. Obviously, he's still on his rookie deal, so they can add more pieces to the puzzle. Zay Jones has got to come back. Christian Kurt, Evan Ingram, they had a great year. Get that offensive line solidified, I think, to protect Trevor more in your investment. You open up more holes with Travis Etienne you know, solidify some other things on the defensive side of the football. And this is a team that's going to be around for a while in the AFC South, I think. They really, they really impressed me. But the Chiefs are moving on. Later on in that Saturday night, the Eagles versus the Giants. Well, we talked about the Eagles, you know, they were the safe bet. But something was tugging at my heart that the Giants might do well. They didn't do well at all. Uh, the Giants got rolled 38-7. to Jalen Hurts, 16 of 24 through the air, 154 yards passing, two touchdown passes. Some really good design runs for him. But in the end, Kenneth Gainwell, 12 carries, 112 yards, one touchdown. They did a great job. Nick Sirianni has got to be coach of the year, man. Uh, Again, it was bad Daniel Jones for the Giants. He was sacked five times, though, 15 of 27, 135 yards. Eagles just played dominant football on both sides of the ball. Uh, like it. Like in the movie, Remember the Titans, they uh, they left no doubt. No doubt about it. My worry, of course, was the Giants didn't have enough offensive weapons. You know, Richie James, uh, Darius Slayton at wide receiver, just not that great of guys. Saquon Barkley had nine carries for 61 yards. A lot of that was due to because, you know, the game script of them playing from behind the entire game. It was 28 to nothing at halftime. So, look, this is a really, really good Giants team, I feel like. They are going to work out a contract, a new contract with Daniel Jones and Saquon, hopefully hoping to bring them back. Maybe if they do something more in free agency, remember the Kenny Galladay deal has not worked out well at wide receiver. He's one of the highest paid guys out there. I think he got what five years, 90 million, and he hasn't paid hasn't played any the last two years or earned any of that contract. Maybe they can get out of that. I don't know all the contract stipulations, but Get away from that contract. Get some other guys in there to help Daniel Jones. Also solidify that offensive line. I know it's young, but you got to protect that investment. Defense aside, they got to do some different things as well. Maybe on the back end with the secondary, but it's a good Giants team going forward. The Eagles complete on both sides of the ball. Jalen's arm, it looks good. Great, great play calling. Utilize the run game. Gainwell, Miles Sanders, Boston Scott. Let Jalen lose his legs as well. And then they put some big splash plays down the field to Devontae Smith. A.J. Brown, not much of a factor in this game, but you know that's just, uh, you know, the Giants are really trying to double team him a lot, but Devontae Smith definitely did his thing. Dallas Carter also had a very nice day as well, so plenty of weapons for the Eagles going forward. This is a very, very scary team. I did have a question from Matt out of Smith Station, Alabama. Ryan, what do you think has been the key to Jalen's development from last year to this year? You know, Matt, I really just feel like Nick Sirianni's just got a great scheme, um it really allows Jalen to have a lot of freedom he's got him more comfortable as a pocket passer but he gets him on the move he keeps things moving gives a lot of motion like I talked like I talked about it's a really really good offense where you've got to defend everything you've got to guard the perimeter you've got to you know guard those crossers you've got to guard everything you can't just play deep either because Demonte Smith And and A.J. Brown, they can do a lot of stuff underneath and really hurt you, man, especially on those layered routes that are becoming very popular in the NFL. And one thing I did see, though, I I just want to say this, is I don't know, to me it looks like it, maybe I'm just being biased, but the play calling for Jalen looks very similar to how Lane Kiffin called plays from as a true freshman when he was SEC Offensive Player of the Year uh, at Alabama. So just go back, maybe check some tape. And, and look into it a little bit. Jalen looks looks mighty co- comfortable. He's getting some one on one matchups, and he feels comfortable throwing it because he gets that matchup where his best wide receiver is isolated on a DB at times, using the leg with the design runs. It looks a lot like Lane did for him. His freshman year. Just, I'm just, just, just take a peek at it. All right, Sunday, Bengals, Bills. The Bills are my Super Bowl pick, right? They're gonna win it. No, 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 no. The Bengals, 27-10 to over the Bills. day? yeah. I talked about this Bills team. I thought they were very complete on both sides of the football. They play that Leslie Frazier shell defense, do a great job. Milano and Trey Edmonds, the linebackers. Of course, you know, you got Tredavious White, one of the best corners in the game. Poirier's one of the best safeties. Got a great front. You know, with Ed Oliver and, of course, Shaq Lawson. It didn't matter. I just threw all those names at you. The Bengals played better team defense. They were outstanding on offense. Burrow was efficient, and he just executed, executed, executed. He did so much with his brain. He, obviously, we know how accurate he is and how great his touch passing is. Of course, the Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, but even getting Hayden Hurst involved, great day for Joe Mixon. Remember, they had three offensive linemen hurt in this game. And, guys, they didn't let that affect him one bit. They ran over the Bills' defense. And great play calling by Zach Taylor on this staff. Absolutely complete on both sides. I want to give this Bengals defense a lot of a lot of credit, though. Josh Allen, he was ineffective. 25-42, 265 yards. He kept trying to play hero ball. Had one interception, zero, zero touchdown passes. Trying to play hero ball, put them all on his back. He didn't take what the defense gave him. He was trying to be aggressive. We talked about that catching up to him. It did in this game because... That that Bengals defense, Mike Hilton playing nickelback, he was outstanding blitzing and in coverage, did an outstanding job. Jermaine Pratt, Logan Wilson, Sam Hubbard, Von Bell, DJ Reader, and Jesse Bates, they deserve so much credit. I could go on and on about that Bengals defense. Absolutely outstanding. You know, it really started off pretty quickly. Burrow scored two touchdowns in the first two drives, one to Jamar Chase and then another to tight end. Hayden and they never really let the Bills back in it. The Bills were in it, but, like, they weren't really in it. Like, they were just kind of in in distance, but the Bengals had complete control. So, so impressed by the Bengals. Right now, if you had to ask me, um, I would say the Bengals and the Eagles look like absolute monsters out there. But last week, the Bengals struggled with the Ravens. So it's kind of a week-to-week thing. And also, styles familiarity with your opponent, that plays a lot into it. Let's go ahead and talk about the last matchup though. Before I do, I don't want to get ahead of myself. The Bills in the offseason, there's some drama right now with wide receiver Stephon Diggs. I'm not saying he was acting like OBJ or Terrell Owens or anything like that, but he was definitely disappointed in the loss. I think he took it to heart that Josh Allen might have been trying to do too much. Look, he targeted Stephon Diggs. He had 10 targets. He still only had four receptions for like 34 yards, but Gabe Davis had two drops, and a lot of that, of course, was you know, Cam Taylor Britt had two nice breakups, but you got to make those contested catches in the biggest game, and uh, that was very crucial. So, the Bills in the offseason, I think they need to fine tune some things for Josh Allen, let him start. You know, don't be as aggressive, take what the defense is giving you. Not everything has to be you showing off that cannon. It's great, it's wonderful. That's why I thought you guys would win the Super Bowl. But in the end, it came back to bite you in the ass because you weren't as conservative as you needed to be in some big-time moments. So the Bills in the offseason, they're going to have to rework some contracts for some big-time players, and I'm sure they'll get it right and be a uh, a big-time contender next year. Monday night, excuse me, Sunday night, 49ers and Cowboys, it was going to be all about could Brock Purdy look like a rookie finally? Brock Purdy didn't look like a rookie, guys. He looked absolutely outstanding. The 49ers win 19 to 12. He does enough. He doesn't make mistakes. Dak had two costly interceptions, one in the red zone and one inside his own 35. Man, it, it just was. It just is really about the D'Amico Ryan's. 49ers deep led, you know, for, the 49ers led defense by defense coordinator D'Amico Ryan and making adjustments for Fred Warner. They did an outstanding job. They were swarming. Look, if they can get pressure with four guys, you know, Bosa, Eric Armstead, Kinlaw, and then you let Warner kind of do his thing behind there, along with Dre Greenlaw at the next level. This is going to be announced. That that it's just too much. The 49ers were just doing what they wanted to do on third downs on offense. Brock Purdy executing to Christian McCaffrey in some very tight windows and George Kittle, the big-time catch there in the fourth quarter that set up the game-winning drive. I mean, absolutely outstanding. I mean, Brock Purdy just stayed steady. He stayed very comfortable. The moment didn't look too big for him. 19 and 29, 214 yards. He did an outstanding job. Cowboys, Look, um, it's a tough loss because I thought their defense coordinator, Dan Quinn, did an excellent job to keep Brock Purdy at bay as, as long as he possibly could. He did everything he could. Um, I really enjoyed watching the scheme that he was trying to do. You know, he utilized Micah Parsons all over the field. Of course, Landon uh, Lander Ventonish. you know, their linebacker, middle linebacker. So, so impressed by the development of him. They did a great job I, using the safeties, Trevon Diggs. I, they, you know, with Curse, the Cowboys. I can't say enough about their defense and how hard they played and kept this team in it. But in the end, it was going to be about could Dak make enough plays. It cost them. It cost them. And there at the end, there were some really blunder moments by tight end Dalton Schultz. He didn't get his foot out of bounds. He he didn't run out of bounds hard enough to get to make them stop the clock. So. Really some poor game management situations there at the end for the Cowboys, and you kind of feel for them. But at the end of the day, as we heading to the offseason after the 49ers are moving on, of course, to play the Eagles, the Cowboys are back again looking up at the drawing board thinking, well, what do we need to do? I don't know if it's a coaching change. I think it's a quarterback change. I think it's just time we have to say that Dak Prescott – is an above-average quarterback. I'm not going to call him mediocre like a lot of people do out there. Guy makes good decisions overall and consistently. He's an accurate, athletic guy. I don't think he's a great quarterback, but I think he's above average. He's not worth that $40 million price tag. Maybe, maybe you can move him, and you can try to think about doing something. I don't know. But going, you're not going to win a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott. He's 29 years old. This is what you're getting. You've got the weapons. You've got CeeDee Lamb. You've got Schultz. You've got Tony Pollard, who do get hurt in this football game. Zeke Elliott, that contract's probably a little bit too much. But if you get Pollard back, you add some key pieces to that offensive line to get it back healthy. Defense looks pretty solid on the other side. This is a Cowboys team, I think, that could be primed and ready with the right guy. Remember, Cooper Rush filled in for Dak Prescott when he got hurt. And they, they wanted some football games. So, they can win without them. I'm just, I'm thinking, I'm thinking that's where they need to look at possibly in the offseason. And I know they're going to be like, no, you can't do that to Dak. I get it. It's the Cowboy brand. I get it. The guys on doing, the the dude's doing Campbell's Soup commercials and sleep member beds. And that's a big time, you know, that's cash. That's cash money for Jerry's getting, Jerry's getting some of that pot. Remember, Jerry said that he really loves Dak. He said, if there was one player that ever took advantage of him for contract negotiations, he would be. He was glad that it was Dak Prescott. Well, so I don't know if Jerry's about Super Bowls or not. I think we have to really look at that. Look at that because if he stays with Dak, with this going, just seeing, thinking he's a believer in him, it ain't gonna get better, guys. Th- th- he's not capable of much more, is what I'm telling you. If you're a Cowboys fan, I'm sorry. Look, I've got a. Think about it myself with Aaron Rodgers, can we get to that level with him playing like this? Same thing, guys. When you pay a quarterback that much money and they eat up that much cap, they better be playing damn superhuman. The hero ball that we talked about with Josh Allen, at least he's trying to go out there and do it and putting everything on the line. I can at least give that man uh, more respect than the other two. I'm just saying, don't don't, don't blame anybody. You're not making the dumb mistakes all the time. Uh, you're, 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 you've got that dog in you and you're going out there and trying to prove it. I'm just saying that is the difference probably between Josh Allen, Dak and them, and Dak and Aaron Rodgers right now where they're not getting over that hump. It seems like in this point in Aaron's career or Dak has never got over. So, sorry if that accepts people, but that's just the way I see it. And that's how I'm calling it. Okay, let's take a pause for the calls, right? And uh, let's break down some AFC and NFC conference Championship matchups here on season one, episode 49, title track. Analyze that. Be back in a second, folks. And we're back here on my turf season one, episode 49, title track analyze that i'm your host ryan marshall back with you once again thank you so much for being with us remember tell your friends about us apple podcast spotify we couldn't do this without you we're up to 2700 listeners it's awesome thank you so much extremely extremely blessed now let's break down first the nfc championship right of course it's going to be 2 p.m fox 49ers at the eagles eagles favored by two and a half Over, under, 46. I feel like this is definitely the two best teams in the NFC. It's a great matchup. What's it going to come down to, right? Well, hmm. I think this comes down to how good Brock Purdy really is. Because Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, they're going to get their opportunities. This is going to be a stout Eagles defense. Very stout. Remember, they've got some playmakers on that side of the ball. They've got Darius Slay at cornerback. You got Chauncey Gardner Johnson at safety. I don't know how the hell they got that guy away from the Saints, by the way. That dude is an absolute monster. Look, Fletcher Cox, he's one of the best defensive linemen, in my opinion, of, of this generation. This is a really damn good deep Eagles defense. And uh this is a good 49ers offense. It's going to be good on good to the best going at it. I can't wait to see it happen and I think the 49ers can they can they're going to be able to move the football on them and score. Uh, but it's going to be about Brock Purdy. If he has time now, he's he's going to have to get ball, get rid of the ball a little bit quicker this go around. Schematically a little bit different, a little tighter windows, but look, you know Kyle Shanahan, the head coach for the 49ers and play caller. Is going to have some stuff up his sleeve. He's going to get McCaffrey, Debo Samuel isolated. Kittle's gonna, Kittle, of course, is gonna do his thing. This is going to be a great, great contest, but it all comes down to Brock Purdy. How quick can he process and can he be that accurate and can he be able to take those deep shots when he gets a one on one situation and try to let Debo Samuel go up there and get it? Ayuk's gonna have to definitely chip in as well. Moving to the other side, Jalen Hurts is going to see a very, very good pass rush. Very good. We've talked about it. Kinlaw, Armstead, Bosa, just to name a few. We know Fred Warner is going to do his thing at middle linebacker. Trey Greenlaw, one of the other best outside line, best outside linebackers in the game. This is going to be about the 49 er secondary, and can they stick to A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith? Course you gotta watch out for Dallas Goddard. That's gonna be mainly on Greenlaw. Greenlaw's gonna have to take him away, and the safeties are gonna have to do their thing as well, man. This is a good team, though. Uh I can't say it enough. I I think this is a great 49ers defense. This is a good Eagles offense. Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell, they're gonna have to go do their thing, guys. They have to get some running game going in this matchup. They have to get the ground and pound going. If they do not. It could be it could be a long day because if it's just Jalen back there and they're onto the, those design runs and they're stopping Sanders and Gainwell and Jalen's just back there throwing it's it's not going to be it's not going to work out for Jalen. You have to get Jalen running. You have to get the overall running game going for the Eagles and for them to be effective. I am going to take the Eagles in this game. I think the Eagles win it. I think I'm thinking. Mm. I'm gonna go Eagles, 23. I'm gonna go Eagles 24-20. That's where I'm at. Eagles win 24-20 over the 49ers. I think it's enough that Jalen, he's gonna be able to use his athleticism, make some impromptu plays. That's what I think he can do better than Brock Purdy, and they're gonna get it done. Um, I think Sirianni and the boys are just just playing at a little bit of a better clip right now. And then of course it's just gonna be coming down to in the in the stretches, you know, in the trenches. And I think uh I think they've got a got the advantage just a just a tiny bit. Just a tiny bit. That's where I'm gonna go with. Them. I'm gonna take the Eagles uh in this matchup, but don't be surprised the 49ers get it. Okay, now let's flip to the other side. All right, for the the AFC Championship, 5:30 p.m. on CBS, the Bengals at the Chiefs, Cincinnati favored by one and a half over under 47. This is all about if Patrick Mahomes is healthy, guys. This is what it's all about. Is Patrick Mahomes going to be able to play, going to be able to be healthy enough to where he can escape that pass rush? Hendrickson, ah, man, Hubbard, Reader, they're coming after you. They're coming after you. I'm picking – I'm just going to say this. That's what it is. Can he make enough – can he – can they run the ball effectively and can Patrick Mahomes – get enough splash plays in there with some deep, deep routes to Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, throw in, throw in Mikko Hardman, can Tony use him on the perimeter? If they can do that, and you know Andy Reid is a great coach. You just don't want to say the Bengals are going to win this matchup because Andy Reid is one of the best to ever do. You don't even be surprised if Chad Indy plays in this game and they still win him like Chad Indy. Andy Reid is that damn good of a, of a, of a head coach. You know, on the other side, Steve Spagnuolo, is defense coordinator, he's one of the best to do it, man. Runs that 4-3 defense. He's going to give you a lot of cover three, but of course he'll, he'll show some cover two Tampa stuff from back in the day. If he can get Chris Jones and those guys eating, they're going to be tough, man. They're going to be very tough. This is a good Chiefs defense. They're good enough. They're not great. I don't think they're as good as the Bengals defense, but they're good enough. And Steve – Look, he's he's been around for a very long time, and he's going to be able to keep the Chiefs' defense in it, so watch out. Justin Gay is going to have to have a huge, huge performance on that side of the football. He's going to have to really spy Joe Burrow and take away Joe Mixon. He's got to take away Joe, Joe Burrow on extending the plays and using his legs because Joe Burrow is very underrated athletically. He is a really good running quarterback, trust me. If you see a quarterback draw, design, run, I mean, watch out. He can take off. He is that damn good. When we talk about this Bengals defense and what they've got to be able to do, it's keep doing what you're doing. Mike Hilton in the nickel. If Patrick Mahomes can't escape him blitzing from that nickel spot, it could be a very, very long day for Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to take the Chiefs. No, I'm not. I'm going to take the Bengals. I'm sorry. I got to do it. I'm taking them 28-24. to That's what I'm taking. Um, I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a great back and forth. I don't think the Chiefs are going to get blown out by any stretch of the imagination because you know Mahomes is going to play some hero ball in in his own right, and you know Andy Reid is going to be able to do some things. I don't know if he's going to be able to practice all week, though. is also a little bit of a concern, but I'm just not going to count out the Chiefs that that much, man. I think you got to – yeah, the Bengals rolled last week, but these are two teams familiar with each other. Obviously, both – the Bengals and the Eagles are, are, are played two dominant performances, and you got to pick them And with that, you know, kind of with the momentum rolling in, and that's where I'm at. So taking the Bengals and I'm taking the Eagles, looking like the Super Bowl matchup. That's what I'm going with. Remember, AFC Championship, 5.30 p.m. CBS. The NFC Championship is before that, 2 p.m. on Fox, and that's this Sunday, January 20 night. Well, thank you so much for being with us here on My Turf, season 1, episode 49. Anna lies that pretty straight up. Uh pretty straight up title check if you ask me. I'm your host Ryan Marshall. I appreciate you being with us. Remember, tell your friends Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We do a new episode every Tuesday evening, and sometimes if we want to do a rapid reaction, we'll go off script and even bring you one of those, but you want to hit me up, MyTurfShow at gmail.com is the show's email address. And, of course, on Twitter, RyanFN18. Thank you so much, folks. Season 1, Episode 49. That's a wrap.